Well, we are in a series called Wait What? And uh, what we're talking about is this is something I say all the time because I'm a very curious person and I'll listen to different people's stories and they'll be going along, you know, uh, just telling their story and where they went to high school and where, you know, what, what they did and then, and then they'll say, and then I was an astronaut. And I go, wait, what? <laughs> like, like, it's just one of these shocking things. Like, wait, t t tell me more about th whatever that was. And that's what this series is. It's unbelievable things in the Bible that are actually true. And so we've talked about, wait, what? I, I can, I don't have to like just sit in anxiety. I can actually live in peace uh, despite my circumstances. Yes, you absolutely can. That's in all throughout scripture. We said, uh, wait, what? I can hear from the God of the universe, the God that created the universe. I can hear him, his voice. And so we talked about all the different ways that you can hear from God. And, um, and so uh, this morning, um, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, something that's very near and dear to my uh, uh, life, and that is, uh, wait, what? I can handle this? I can handle more than I'm handling right now? I don't know if you're like me, but, you know, oftentimes in our lives, we, it's not the one big thing that gets us, right? It's these a hundred little things and then there's all of a sudden one thing. Has this ever happened to you? You're kind of going through it. You're just right at the edge, right? And then she calls <laughs> or he calls or they call. Like uh, my son now has grown up and he's out of the house. But when I looked down and I saw Brookhurst Elementary, uh, I knew it wasn't going to be a good, they weren't saying he was one student of the month, okay? So, so like, oh, but that would be the one thing. Now, could I handle that one thing by itself? Sure. Could I handle this one thing? And for you, maybe it's different. Maybe it's your finances and you're just right up to the very edge and all of a sudden that check engine light turns on and you're like, oh man. By the way, the way to fix that is you put a black electrical tape over the light. <laughs> fixes it right away, drive around, you don't, you don't even care. It works 100%, right? right? But it's, that, it's the check engine light, or, or you get a ticket, and it's like, well, normally that wouldn't be a thing, but like at Christmas time, and all, all these things. And so what I want to talk to you about this morning is what the Bible says about margin, what the Bible says about leaving room. Do you know that your heavenly Father loves you and has created a system where you can thrive, where you do not have to be overwhelmed. You say, wait, what? Like, look around. It's just so, isn't, isn't life and America and just our society and culture, isn't it overwhelming? Well, I'm here to tell you, if that's the way you're feeling, there's a good chance that you have created a, a life that has no margin. And so what I want to do this morning, and this is super practical this morning, uh, we won't get into geeky Bible stuff, and at the end, I'll give you a whole bunch of tips. Not, I'm not trying to be like Tony Robbins or anything, just some tips in your life that can try to create some more margin, because margin gives us the room to really worship. Margin gives us the room to be silent, to be still and know that he is God. Margin gives us the room to where we can take a breath and calm down. So that's what we'll be, we'll be talking about this morning. This is a picture of my garage. <clears throat> so what did, did who, who, somebody just like 
gave a gasp out loud. Uh, okay, so that's my garage. And so uh, many of you know I like to work with wood and I like to do projects around the house. And I'm going to be uh, uh, remodeling a bathroom the best I can. I don't know if the toilet has to, like if it's supposed to be at an angle, but whatever. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'll do my best, but that's my garage. And uh, whoever had the gasp, I agree with you. You look at this and it's just like, ah. Like some of you are just like, I wanna run to the door. Well, we've, we've locked them, you can't leave. Um, but that, doesn't that just kind of make you tense? And this is, this is how our lives get sometimes, isn't it? Where it's just like, man, you got the kids and you got finances and a new job or you just moved or you're trying to start a business or whatever it is. It just feels like that. Um, so that, that was the before picture. This is my after picture. And ah, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys are desperate for organization. Uh, like, but that, that is, that is how, I, how I feel. That's, that is how I feel. I know where every single tool is in this. If you said to me, John, I need you to go and get me 180 grit sandpaper, I could close my eyes, walk into the garage, find the box, and probably find the 180 grit sandpaper. That's how I like it, right? Well, this is one of the things that, that the Lord wants for your soul. He wants it to be at rest. He wants it to be calm. Now, we're going to go over uh, a couple Old Testament scriptures and a couple New Testament scriptures. Um, but I want us to get this. Margin is the space between your current situation and your breaking point, right? We all have a breaking point. And uh, margin is that space. So when you get right up to your breaking point and you can't handle one little tiny thing more, that is your lacking margin in your life. And the Lord does not want that for you. Uh, he doesn't create things that take out all your margin. Can you handle whatever he puts uh, in front of you? No. But he can handle it, okay? So he handles that with you, and then you get through. And so we're going to be talking a lot about this, and we're going to go back to the Old Testament, way back to Deuteronomy, and watch, watch, what, Jesus, uh, watch what God says. He says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Now, you remember, uh, if you remember the story, um, uh, if you saw the Disney movie, Prince of Egypt, that's kind of, that's the story, where they're in Egypt, right, and Pharaoh just keeps putting more and more and more on them. They had no margin. And God heard their voice, and he said, okay, and he sends Moses down to set them free. And God says, remember that lack of margin? Remember when you were slaves? Remember when from early in the morning to late at night, it was just work and work and work and strive and strive and just packing things in, packing things in, packing things in. God is saying, remember that? I want you to remember that. Because the Lord brought you out of that, out of that by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Now watch what he says. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you, oh, I wonder what the commandment's gonna be. Work hard at your faith, because I saved you from Egypt. Uh, take, it, take it very, very seriously. If you sin, you're dead, right? Is that, of course, we're not supposed to sin. We're supposed to live lives of holiness, right? But what, what, what's his command? Remember you were a slave, and remember that I took you out of that 
And so here's the command. Observe the Sabbath day. Wait, what? That's the command? So here's what God's saying. Hey, remember when you were a slave and you had all that work to do and everything? This is what I'm commanding you to do is to take a day off every week. I'm commanding you to have margin. This is why Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man and woman, not man and woman for the Sabbath. He, he wants this margin built into your life. This is why um, I find it very important, and this is no offense to our online community. We are very glad you're here. I find it very uh, important for the rhythm of my life. Even when I wasn't a pastor, back when I was in business, I, we would attend church every Sunday. We would set aside Sunday morning to worship God. That's under this, this is the, the command. So I'm not making you feel guilty if you were watching online or you're sharing this with somebody, but I would encourage you to the best you can, find a church that you attend every Sunday. It's very important. As a matter of fact, the word church just means, the Greek word is ekklesia, right? It just means gathering. It's very, very important. So we observe this Sabbath day. Jesus says it this way. Uh, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, it's not a command that is supposed to be difficult, like, oh, what do we have to do on that day? What? No, it's to have margin for your physical health, your emotional health, and most importantly, your spiritual health. Uh, uh, in Leviticus, it gives this really great idea, and this is like, this like describes America to a T to me uh, in Leviticus 19.9. He says, when you reap the harvest of your land, don't reap to the very edges. Don't go all the way. Don't try to get every little last drop. Now, in this case, it was to leave it for the poor, right? But the, the idea is the same. Don't worry about trying to get everything. Your finances shouldn't come down to the last penny every month. You're like, well, John, if I made more, no, if you, if you made more, you'd spend more. If you, you have to get it down when you make a little bit of money, then you'll know what to do when you make a lot of money. Don't reap to the very edges, and sometimes we do this. I remember when we were raising children, we did this. It was like, well, Tuesdays are free, so we might as well get them into soccer or ballet or gymnastics or whatever. Like, and then at the end of the week, we'd just be, oh, I'm so exhausted. It's so hard to have kids. No, we were trying to get every little bit out. Now watch what he says. He says, don't go to the very edges of your field or gather gleanings of your harvest. Don't go back over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner, and then he says this, which is the whole point of the Sabbath, which is the whole point of margin, I am the Lord your God. There is a thing in our culture, this fear of we're going to miss out on something. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I deserve this thing, or I deserve that thing. We ask ourselves questions, not like, can I afford the car I'm going to buy? We ask ourselves a question, can I afford the monthly payment? And, and then you have no margin, right? And what the Lord is saying is, before you do anything, before you do a budget, 
before you schedule your time, before you put your kid into jujitsu, before you do all these different things, before you remodel your house, before you do anything, go before the Lord. Lord, is this the wise thing for me to do at this time? Or will I be going right up to the edge of my life and when the Lord has something for us that he wants us to deal with, we have no margin and we say, Lord, why did you do this to me? And he says, why did you do that to you? Right? That's, his, that's it. I am the Lord your God. He says it again in Deuteronomy. He says this, when you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, you overlook something you're supposed to get, do not go back and get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, the widow, so that the Lord may bless you in all the work of your hands. And he, he, he continues on. Remember when you were slaves in Egypt. That is why I command you to do this. He's telling them, remember when you had no margin? I got you now. Leave margin. You say, well, man, I don't, you know, if I, if I, what, what happens if I get to a place where I don't have the enough grapes for, you know, for us, you know? He's like, I'm the Lord your God. I got you. Now, sometimes the Lord places things in our life that are very difficult. And he does it on purpose. Um, in James, it actually says, consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And then it says, essentially, and let it play out. Let the whole thing play out. Well, if I have no margin in my life, and the Lord allows me to go through something, and I don't have the margin to be able to go, Lord, is this from you? What would you have me learn? What would you have me do? You can handle more. It just means that we have to back off of some of the things that he wouldn't have us do. Remember, when you were slaves in Egypt, don't enslave yourself anymore in your finances, in your emotions. Don't enslave yourself. That is why I command you to do this. Jesus says it this way in Matthew. Uh, well, I love this. Uh, but seek first his kingdom, okay? So, so in other words, at the beginning of each day, at the beginning of every decision, you seek first the kingdom of God. Is this, Lord, Jesus prayed and, and uh, uh, Travis pr pr prayed it uh, after his announcements, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That there's this kingdom, this spiritual kingdom. And when we wake up in the morning, we, we ask ourselves, what am I to do for the kingdom? How is the kingdom impacting my life? Now, if I wake up in the morning and I got too many bills and I got too much going on and I'm rushing all around like a chicken with my head cut off, I'm going to miss out on what God would have me do. Remember, when you were a slave, don't enslave yourself. Look for margin. Uh, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. All the things we're seeking. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And then I, he says this, I love this. This is Jesus, okay, the creator of the universe. He just says, yeah, man, each day has enough trouble of its own. Is that not true? Is that not true? God, God, he's going to have us go through difficult things. We're living in a broken world, in a sin-filled sin world. That's what's going to happen. Uh, so we have this, this uh, seek, seeking first his kingdom, giving ourselves some breathing room, some time in the morning. And I'm, I'm just talking about 10 minutes 
of just silence before your heavenly Father. Lord, today's a very busy day. What would you have me do? I have this meeting coming up at two o'clock and it's stressing me out, but I don't want that to dominate my thoughts. I want you to, uh, I, I know that you are in control. Uh, everything I've ever worried for in the past has never come true. I know that you've always, always taken care of my every need. <sighs> some margin, some margin. Check out what uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians. Um, Paul wrote, uh, the Corinthian church was like super jacked up, okay? That's a, that's a theological term. And, uh, and so Paul actually wrote three, book, three letters to them. We only have two of them, okay? Uh, but he mentions a third one when he's, when he's talking. Um, we only have two. And, and, and watch how he uh, describes kind of us, but we have this treasure, this is Jesus uh, in our hearts, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now watch, watch what he says and see if this describes you at various times in your life. We are hard-pressed on every side. So Paul's, Paul's going through it right now. He, in another part of the Corinthians, he talks about all the things he's gone through, that he's been, had people throw rocks at him, that he's been uh, whipped uh, 40 lashes minus one, like two or three times. He's just gone through all this stuff. But we are crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. In other words, he, he, he has it all in perspective. We're persecuted, okay, but we're not abandoned. Our Heavenly Father has not abandoned us. We're struck down, okay, is difficulty, but not destroyed. And then watch how he describes uh, the life he lives. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. One of the reasons we leave margin in our lives is to leave room for the Holy Spirit to work in us. If we are always running around, if we're always stressed out, if we're always scrolling through social media, if we're always just filling every little bit of time with, um, with culture, we're going to crowd out our Heavenly Father. He says, I'm always carrying around uh, in my body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in my body. He says, for... Uh, uh, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. His number one goal, your and mine number one goal, is to glorify our Heavenly Father by becoming more and more like Jesus. And Jesus was busy, right? As a matter of fact, there's one part in Scripture that says they were so busy they didn't even have time to eat. And yet, right next to that is he wakes up early in the morning. He goes to a quiet place and he prays. Why? Because he only does what his heavenly father tells him to do. And he only says what his heavenly father tells him to say because he has margin. And so he says, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. Uh, in chapter uh, 12 of 2 Corinthians, there's a very famous uh, section of scripture where he, um, he's talking about kind of uh, doing ministry and then he's having these visions 
And, uh, and so uh, in order for these visions, we'll read it in a second, but in order for these visions to uh, not make him conceited, um, God allows something in his life, okay? And watch how he handles this. Uh, he says, uh, so because of these visions, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, the scholars argue about what that is. They argue about, you know, is it uh, some people think that uh, he, he might uh, have seizures. Some people think he was, his eyesight wasn't very good because there's a, what, it doesn't matter. And I'm glad they don't mention it because I want to know how he deals with it. Now, listen to what it says. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. In other words, God was okay with this difficulty for Paul. God was okay that he was going through it. And so here's what he does. Three times he says, I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me, take it away from me, take it away from me. I don't know what you've been through in, in your life. Uh, many of you know my story and Lisa's story uh, with our son Jesse and his epilepsy. Um, and uh, I know what it's like to plead. I know what it's like to plead with him. Just take it, just, just fix it, fix it. I've prayed, give me the epilepsy so he can just be left alone. You, anybody who loves anybody would do the same thing. There's no specialty about that. But here, here's what I'm here to tell you. God got me through that, even when nothing changed. And I found that when I was most overwhelmed, it was because I had crowded him out. Not that because he had given me too much that I couldn't bear. He never gives us more than he can't handle. And so we had to go through those years of seizures, year after year after year. He didn't, never took it away. And so I know what it's like to plead, but I also know what it's like to look back and go, he was so faithful throughout that whole time. It's amazing. He said, uh, so I, three times I pleaded to the Lord to take it away from me. He feels like he has no margin, that it's too much to bear, and, he, and God says, my grace is sufficient for you, which isn't helpful. <laughs> All right, that doesn't fix it. It doesn't fix anything. You're like, no, 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 I don't think I, uh, when I was pleading, I said to take it away. And he says, no, 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 we're not gonna take it away. We're not gonna take it away. You're gonna learn how to live with this difficulty for, I, I assume for Paul, it was for the rest of his life. Now, organize the rest of your life that you can control by giving yourself some margin so that we can work on this together for however long it takes. Some of you are in a marriage right now and you're thinking to yourself, there's no way I can go another day. There's no way I can do this anymore. We've been at it for a long time or whatever. I'm here to tell you, you can make it. You can make it. You say, well, you, John, you don't know my issues. I promise you I've heard all of them, every single one of them. And I've seen couples do it. You say, John, my margin right now, my finances, it's just like I, I don't make enough money. My problem is I've seen people who make less than you that can do it. 
And so we, we, we look at these things that God might be having us go through and the reason we can't go through them is not because God isn't there and not because God is evil and he's trying to hurt us or whatever. It's because we have no margin. There's no room for us to address the things God would have us address. And so we need to take a step back and go back to where God's like, hey, remember when you were slaves? Remember when you were just right at the edge? Remember the Sabbath. Give yourself some margin. Give yourself some room. And it might be for some of us that we go home this today and maybe tomorrow and we go over our budget. We go over our time. We, go, we sit down with a, our, our significant other or whatever and go, what can we take out of our lives rather than what, we, what can we put uh, into it? He goes on. He says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Now then watch what Paul does with this newfound reality that he's going to have to go through uh, this problem, this struggle. And it's good. it might be for his whole life. And it might be a, a child you have that's, uh, that, that's struggling or whatever it is. An ailment, whatever, right? He says, therefore, since you're not taking it away, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Let's go, is what he's saying. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, that's where we get the term, I suppose, but that, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Why? Because I have margin. Like, okay, is this the way it's going to be? Then let's address this. Let's go. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. This is... The same thing the Lord would have for you in your life. He does not want you just eking out an existence in life. He wants you to thrive. You say, well, to me, thriving means that uh, everything goes well for me. That's not thriving. That's just comfort. Comfort is nothing. That's not uh, important, right? And so that's what he says. He says, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I lean into these difficulties, when I lean into the thing that God isn't taking away, I lean into my difficult marriage, I lean into having to uh, be at that difficult job or you're at school and you hate school and you go, okay, you know what? This is where God has me right now. I'm gonna lean into that. So what I, what I wanted to do is I wrote down uh, just a bunch of stuff, and this is why I said this isn't a Tony Robbins, like, uh, uh, you know, life hack thing. I just, I just wrote these ideas down because oftentimes we just need something to get our minds thinking of, like, where can I start to get some margin in my life? And remember the goal, uh, having margin in your life isn't to be comfortable or to be, uh, be able to relax on a Sunday afternoon or whatever. The margin is there so that you can lean into your Heavenly Father and so that when difficulty comes, you have space to be able to handle whatever God allows you to go through. And He will allow you to go through very difficult things. So I just, I just wrote a few things down, um, uh, and um, you can accuse me that this isn't in the Bible, and I will agree with you wholeheartedly. One is get up 10 minutes earlier and create space for silence to begin your day. You're like, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual, like a, you know, 10 minutes. Shouldn't I, shouldn't I like, have a quiet time for an hour? Well, just slow down and just try 10 minutes. But every single day, 
Just create some type of margin. And for some of you, you're like, I don't even know what to do. John, you're paid to read the Bible. It's confusing to me. I don't, I don't know, even know where to start, okay? Just start in Philippians, okay? And uh, you can use ChatGPT. It'll find Philippians in two seconds, right? You Google it, right? Just find it. Ten minutes, ten minutes, okay? Uh, number next. Cut out unnecessary entertainment activities. I probably just got you two hours a day right there. <laughs> just two hours. Just, just delete Instagram for a week, okay? You're not going to die, I promise. But you'll begin to get margin. Not only will you get margin in your time, you'll get margin in your mental health, okay? Cut out unnecessary entertainment activities. That does not include football, okay? <laughs> that is necessary. What's that, Lord? Okay. All right. All right. Explore scaling back some of your commitments by asking, is this essential? Is this essential? This, a lot of this has to do with kids. Like if you have little kids, we just, man, we pack it in with those kids. We just add and add and add and add. And then you take up homework and all that stuff. That is essential. But you just ask yourself, is this really essential? Okay. Um, uh, if you do something often, like you meet with a buddy every week or, or you call somebody all the time, uh, spending time with a friend, consider reducing the frequency without cutting that person out of your life. Just, just start to just go, you know what, I'm, I just want a half an hour of margin in my life. And I'm going to, it's almost like a tithe, right? You take that margin and you say, Lord, this half an hour I was going to use for this, I'm now going to use it to seek your face and your will. Some, some other ones. Uh, trading spaces, I, I, I like this concept. Uh, if you listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to audio books and all that kind of stuff. So just, I just trade it. Okay, I was gonna listen to this podcast. It's 20 minutes long or f- whatever, however long it is. I'm gonna trade that for a time of prayer, a time of intimacy. I'm gonna trade that for reading God's word, creating uh, m- margin. Uh, for families out there, fight ruthlessly for your family time. Like ruthlessly, like figure out how are we going to make this a priority because uh, it, it, is a, it, it should be a pri- priority. This one might be hard for you. Sometimes it's hard for me. Leave work early, okay? And you think, well, I'm, you don't know my boss. Okay, well, whatever, figure it out, you know, whatever it is. Uh, just, just instead of the work's going to be there the next day, Okay, and the reason I put this in here is because I have a total tendency to be a workaholic. So this is just for me, okay? This doesn't, has nothing to do with you guys. But leave, leave work early. Uh, that's one. Take your Sabbath. Take your Sabbath. Like figure out a way. And again, uh, Pastor Michelle is like 10 times better at this than I am. Um, but she, when she takes her Sabbath, she takes her Sabbath. It's Monday for her, and uh, I could text her and say, my house is on fire, call 911, and I'll get zero dark 30. I mean, it's just nothing. It's like, you know, and then she'll text me the next day, how come you didn't take your Sabbath? And I'll be like, leave me alone. Okay, but, uh, but, uh, but, but take it, figure it out. Talk to the people around you. Like, what day would be a day where you can just chill? It's commanded, okay? Uh, unplug at a certain time. 
So maybe you're doing stuff, but maybe eight o'clock, you're just like, everything turns off to just give yourself a margin of an hour or two before you go to sleep. Eight o'clock, it's like a half hour before I go to bed, uh, right? Um, I love this one, arrive 10 minutes early to everything. If you arrive 10 minutes early to everything, everything, every meeting, everything, you'll drive calmer, okay? Because you have margin now. And if there's traffic, you're like, no sweat. I was going to end up uh, 10 minutes early anyway. It's super, super simple. And then in that 10 minutes when you get there early, spend that time in prayer. Give yourself margin. Take a breath. Take a breath. Uh, Control what you can. Ignore what you can't. Okay? You don't need to know about what's happening in Michigan. You don't live in Michigan. Okay? So you control what you can, which is you. And then you ignore uh, what you can't. Uh, create limits for social media. Uh, you, uh, most of our phones, I don't know if you know this, but you can set limits on all your apps and just say, look, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes a day. You can have your spouse change your password. So if you want, if you want to see it, this is what my daughter does. Her spouse, my son-in-law, has another password for that app. And so when she is watching, it's Instagram, and when she's watching Instagram reels, except for clips of my sermon, uh, she, uh, she'll get to the end, like after 15 minutes, and then, then she has to like go ask her spouse, like, hey, can you unlock it? Like, why, why, why do you want me to unlock it? It's really a good uh, thing. Gives yourself some more margin, okay? Be present in your conversations. Don't be just thinking of the next thing to say. It creates margin. Uh, spend time analyzing how you spend time, <laughs> right? Like if I said, how, how much do you spend on, on social media? And you tell me 15 minutes, I'm like, you didn't spend any time analyzing how much you spend on, on, on social media, right? Spend time how you do that. Uh, create a budget and stick to it. Um, that's a good one. And then learn to say no. Learn to say no. I have another page of things that is learn to say no and then the second thing is learn to say no I won't bother you with the whole thing but I do have a slide that goes all the way down on uh, learning to say no it's something that is very difficult for us uh, as human beings uh, in the society that we're in I realize that if I don't get through these I can't get to my next slide okay (laughs) So you have to do it, but learn to say no. Now, we'll end with this as the worship team comes back up. Paul, in his initial letter to the Corinthians, says this. Anything you're going to go through, and now we use temptation here, so we think of like a temptation, but it can just be also translated trial, like just something you're going through. You're not going to go through anything that isn't common to mankind. I know, it's, I know it's unique to you, and it might be unique to me, and you might say, John, let me tell you my story. If you heard this story, you'd know there's no way I can handle it. I've heard your story, and there is a way you can handle it. He says, no trial or temptation is overtaking you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. To take it away? No, not necessarily, because Paul who's a lot more spiritual than me, couldn't do it. Didn't happen. But he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out 
so that you can endure it. Your heavenly Father loves you. Your heavenly Father designed you. And your heavenly Father says, you know what? It's not good for you to work all the way to the ends and not have any margin at all. You say, you can handle what you're going through. And you say, wait, what? I can? Yes, you can. And it might not be by addressing the thing that's the biggest problem. It might be taking away some other things that just take up room and exhaust you. We're going to uh, take a little bit of time. Tanner's going to lead us in a song. And uh, we leave the, the altar open if you want to come and pray. Uh, I, I like to pray every uh, Sunday after I preach. I just go and I kneel down to kind of, again, give myself a little bit of margin to just take a breath, go before my Heavenly Father. Lord, this week is going to be a tough week. I've got this coming up and that coming up. But you have me. I, get it all, I give it all, all to you. And you might want to do that as well. Maybe there's something that's going on in your life and you want to take this time to plead with him to take it away. That's, that's fair too. And you want to do that. Or you can stay in your seat and just pray there or join us in the song. But uh, there'll also be some people up here by the cross uh, praying. If you want someone to just lay hands on you and pray for you for something specific, we can do that as well. Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you that uh, you created us to not be mired in anxiety and fear and outrage and just exhausted, Lord. But you said, I, you need to carve out some time. You need to carve out some space. And so, Lord, that's what we do right now. We just carve out this time to hear your voice, to obey you in all things, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me go ahead and stand for the blessing if you can. Just a quick reminder again that in the beginning of February, we'll, on Tuesday nights at uh, 6.30, we'll start uh, going through that class on uh, Luke. And uh, we'll start that series in a couple weeks as, as well. But uh, I love you guys very much. Happy to be here as your pastor. Now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his wisdom and his strength and his love and in his joy. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.